23. Thank you. Matthew chapter 23, beginning in verse 25. Uh, as Jan was singing that song, uh, thinking about nothing but the blood, <clears throat> and think about uh, that's the only way that we're spiritually clean. We're washed by nothing but the blood. So uh, I, think, I think as Christian people, singing that song, Nothing But the Blood, often uh, reminds us of the sacrifice it took that we might be clean. And uh, so I don't know how we can sing that song and how we can remind ourselves over and over and yet, then yet allow sin in our hearts uh, un, un, uh, un, unattacked that we just allow it to see it simmer in our hearts. And I think if we'll resigned, remind ourselves often what it costs Christ for us to be clean and we'll remind ourselves that he died to make us clean, then maybe we uh, won't show ourselves to be hypocrites by allowing sin to remain undetected, uh, unconfessed, unconfronted in our lives. Rotten on the inside. You know, I hadn't, hadn't thought about it, thinking about it right now. In, in the time that we live in with cancer in particular, that can exactly happen physically. You can be absolutely rotten on the inside and, you know, maybe go to the doctor or something and found out that you are eat up with cancer. And so we can be physically rotten on the inside, but more importantly, and the thing that we should be more concerned about, that we're not rotten on the inside with sin. And if, there, if that's the case, something is bad wrong. I mean, uh, it's just as wrong for a Christian uh, to be rotten on the inside as it is physically to be rotten with cancer. So let me uh, read the scripture and move right on. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside may also be clean. So the bottom line for this scripture is, if you take care of the inside of a cup, if you take care of your inside, the outside is going to take care of itself. It just... Makes sense. That's the way it's going to be. For you guys that never wash dishes, uh, you would probably come to realize pretty quick if you clean the inside up really good, you can just kind of wipe off the outside and move on, right? Because we, we know that principle. If the inside's clean, everything else is going to take care of itself. Woe to you, verse 27. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. When I think about that scripture, uncleanness is not just hardly strong enough for me. Just think about, uh, you know, I, we won't go there very long, okay? Just, just think about what's inside that casket after a few weeks. Well, that's the same thing he's relating to our hearts if we're not careful. It can be just that way. Verse 28, so you also outwardly appear righteous to others, 
but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So we are wrapping up chapter 23 of uh, Matthew. This week we're looking at woe 6 and 7. Next week we'll look at woe number 8, and that's the one that uh, basically Jesus is teaching uh, like father, like son. And that's, uh, that's, look, men, look at your life, and that's probably what you're reproducing. And that's exactly what had happened in the scribes and Pharisees' lives. There had always been a hatred for the, for the prophets of God, and now in the future generations of those, there was a hatred for the prophets of God. So uh, we'll look at a practical application to that also. And then uh, I think I'll probably spend two more weeks. We're going to look at the last words that Jesus said publicly before he went to the cross. Uh, we'll, we'll look at those. We'll look at that scripture. It says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I, I, like a mother hen, have tried to gather you to me, yet you would not come. We'll look at that scripture. So we are in the sixth and seventh woe. We've looked at these. They were woeful because they were making salvation hard for the people. They were deceptive and took advantage of the widows. They tried to gain proselytes or personal followers and not making disciples or converts, followers of Jesus, which made them twice a child of the devil. These people were plotting for gain. They were majoring on the minor and neglecting the greater. And if you're following along and if you're filling in the blanks, which hopefully you adults are, setting a good example for the young people, here's your first fill in the blanks. They were clean on the outside, but dirty on the inside. They were whitewashed on the outside and rotten on the inside. Luke eleven thirty nine through 40 is the companion verses of 25 and 26, and it says this, And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools! Did not he who made, made the outside make the inside also? Now here he is speaking to the Pharisees with whom he probably had been eating some meals. And I'm probably, I don't want to make you guys too uncomfortable, but Jesus probably uh, was like some of us other men. Hand washing probably wasn't a real big deal to him. <laughs> you know, uh, I think about how particular some people are about washing their hands all the time and that kind of stuff. Jesus probably wasn't one of those guys. And probably when they sat down to the meals, uh, just to keep themselves from being spiritually defiled, they went through all of this process of washing their hands before they, they ate. So this is probably the setting. So he was speaking to the Pharisees, and also he was speaking to the disciples and to the crowd because we know this from Matthew chapter 23, verse 37, which says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her weak wings, and you are not will willing. So he's speaking to the whole group, everybody that's assembled. He's got a word for them. Now listen, 
Jesus was not condemning the traditional washing of pots and cups. Uh, a, a crazy thing happens in uh, a, a lot of foreign countries where they don't have water like we do. They don't have dishwashing detergent and lots of running water. And so this was always kind of a funny thing that happened in Ecuador. So all the guys at the, at the, uh, where we were teaching, they'd always want to help wash dishes. Well, let me tell you how they wash dishes over there. They scrape it off into the, carry out to the, the, to the hogs, right? And then they wipe it clean with a dry rag. And so you just hope they don't put it back with all the rest of the clean stuff because when they're not there, we have to rewash the dishes, right? So uh, he wasn't saying don't wash your pots and pans. He says he's just trying to teach from this analogy don't worry about what's on the outside of those pots and pans. Worry about what's on the inside. Amen? Okay. So, I've told you already why this probably came about. This, let me tell you what, what our Savior, what, he th- what was on His mind. Just think about this. It wasn't about formalities. Y'all with me? He was focused He was focused to come and to do the will of His Father. He was focused to pay our penalty on the cross. He couldn't be distracted by the minor things. But think about us. We're all caught up with the minor stuff. And that's what these guys were caught up with. And this is what He's talking about. The whole whole matter of the woes is focused upon this. But to blame them, but to blame them that in their whole conversation they studied external purity rather than the inward purity of the heart. Y'all with me? They studied the external purity rather than the inward purity of the heart. Last week, uh, one of my brothers brought this up to me, and I'm, I'm glad he did. Last week, we looked at the straining of a gnat and the swallowing of a camel. One thing we didn't talk about, but, but a gnat and a camel were both unclean things. And so if you swallowed a gnat, then you would be... Uh, uh, what's that word? What am I looking for? Yeah, you'll be defiled. Spiritually, you would be defiled because you had touched an unclean insect. And, and so... They made a big deal out of that. But at the same time, they would do something that really would corrupt them, like swallowing a camel, which was also an unclean animal. So what I'm just trying to get you to see this morning, we need to know what's important. Y'all with me? Parents, you need to figure out what's important, and that's what you need to major in, not the minor things. If they had first looked at the purity of the heart, if we had all this week deal with the purity of our own hearts, a lot of those outward things that might bother us wouldn't bother us anymore because we're taking care of the important things. So first clean the inside that the outside might also be clean. Are y'all getting the drift of this? If your heart's right, your actions are going to be right. 
If your heart's not right, then your actions are hypocritical. A man may be outwardly pure. I call it housebroke. He may look good in public. He may be outwardly pure and inwardly filthy and impure. Did you know that's possible? It's possible. Now, it's not impossible to go the other way. It's impossible to be clean in here and ugly out here. No man can have a pure heart. You with me? If, if men, if we have a pure heart, we're going to live a holy life. Here it is again. Clean the inside right in here, and the outside is going to take care of itself. The external acts, are you, re- are you listening? The external acts become nothing, but the acts of the soul are the nature within us. That's all the external acts are. It's what's on the inside coming out. Matthew 12, 34 and 35 says this, You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you're evil? You know what the answer to that is? Can't. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You want to know what's in here? Listen to what's coming out of here. The good person, out of his good treasure, brings forth good, and the evil person, out of his evil treasure, brings forth evil. What I tell you people all the time, don't expect lost people to act like nothing but lost people. But if you're around somebody that claims to be a Christian, and they act like a lost person, you ought to go like that. Because it's not natural. Verse 27 again, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you, you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. He is here showing that Pharisees had only a facade of strictness and holiness. So on our old house, uh, it's 120 years old or so now, uh, on the uh, outside of the, the rock ledge, somebody had this wise idea years ago to put a facade of concrete on there. So it looked smooth, right? Not knowing that uh, termites are real smart, and so they know how to go up between the the rock and the facade and go up into your house without you being able to see it. And it can cause great damage. So we don't want to just have a facade that people see. We want to have a pure inside that's no rottenness in it. 
When their hearts were full of lust, hypocrisy, and iniquity. They looked good on the inside, but listen to what their hearts were full of. Lust. They were always greedy for gain. Hypocrisy. Acting a way different than who they really were. And iniquity. There was sin in their lives. Listen, when you, when you do things for show and when you take advantage of people to get something from them, it is nothing but sin. So the Jews had two sorts of graves. Are you all ready for this? Some for ordinary persons. Uh, don't watch many Westerns anymore. I, I tell you when I see the most Westerns is when I go to nursing homes. You know what's always on TV? Always Westerns on TV. Well, you know how it was uh, in the Western days. If somebody died, got killed, or whatever the case may be, just wherever they were, they dug a grave and buried them, right? And I'm sure sometimes it might have been deep and nice, uh, easy to dig in soil, and probably it was sometimes pretty shallow and hard soil, and they pile rocks on top of it, right? Okay, so those are ordinary graves. They had the, they had the same thing in the time of, of, of Jesus, uh, some people got proper burial. Some people got put away the handiest spot around, right? Now listen to this. But they also had other graves that were covered with tombs. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They had a nice casket. They had a nice vault. And they put them away in the ground, right? And some places uh, where the water level is uh, a little higher than ours, they put them on top of the ground and cover them, right? So you can't miss those. But the whole idea of whitewashing is this. It's defiled and undefiled, right? Because if you touched a grave, it would defile you as pure as, as purity goes. And so you would be contaminated uh, uh, spiritually for a while because you touched the dead body or you touched the grave. So they whitewashed them to keep from people accidentally stepping on them because they were, you know, they, they were going to a meeting, they were going up to Jerusalem, they were going to the Passover, and they didn't want to miss all of that. That's why they whitewashed the tombs. It was keeping them from being defiled. Numbers nineteen sixteen says this: Whoever in the open field touches someone who has who was killed with a sword, or who died naturally, or touches a human bone or a grave, shall be unclean. Seven days. You know what that means? You could have missed the Passover. You could have missed one of those festivals that you'd been traveling to all along. They were kept white. They looked nice on the outside, right? They, hey, they had, a, they had a tomb cleaning work week every year to repaint the tomb so it looks nice, right? Okay. But on the inside was nothing but rotten, decaying human flesh. He's making a point. It's what's on the inside that counts. That's why Paul called Ananias, the high priest, a whitened wall. Listen to the words of Paul. Then Paul said to him, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. The guy knew what he was talking about. You are filthy on the inside. Wow. We don't want to hear that from our Lord, do we? And if we do hear that from our Lord now, matter of fact, I'm going to give you a word right here, okay? 
I'm not speaking for everybody. I can be, uh, I can be pretty, uh, pretty proper appearing on the outside. And I can fool you most of the time. I can fool my wife part of the time. But I don't fool God any of the time. Listen to me now. Let me tell you. I think he's getting really close to say you're rotten on the inside when you have a thought that's way improper and he convicts you of it right then. Listen, that's the time to deal with it. It's not to repress it. It's not to hide it. It's to say, thank you, God, that you've revealed to me. I'm, not, I'm still not where I need to be on the inside. Cleanse me. Make me whole. But to these people, to some of us, some of the time, some people all the time, it was all about how they looked on the outside. And they weren't worried about the inside. They were more concerned about looking good before men than to be approved by God. A couple of points. Point number one is the Pharisees had made religion to, be, to being outwardly decent. Wow. Wow. I'm fearful that's kind of where we are in America today. It's just about outwardly appearing good and decent. Point number two, they were compared to whitened sepulchers or whitened graves. Now, they were careful to eat and drink out of clean dishes, but they practiced distortion in getting their meat. Y'all with me? They, they had to make sure the pots and the pans and the cups were all clean, the whole while, you remember? You remember they had these long prayers and they looked good? Why did they do that? So they could get the widow's property. Are you with me? So they were about looking good on the outside. The whole time they were extorting people from things that wasn't theirs. That's pretty serious. They looked good on the outside, but inside they were filthy. They were not concerned with their wicked hearts. Listen to me. And it is the wicked heart that is awful and pure, I'm sorry, awful to a pure and holy God. Let me say it again. It's the, it's, if my heart is not pure and I have claimed the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I go on in that, that, that lifestyle, it is an awful thing to appear in holy God. Because He knows what it cost Him to wash me clean of my sins. Hypocrisy. You know what that is? If you don't, ask your wife to describe that word to you. Ask my wife. I've told you all before. It's not a good thing when a preacher gets called a hypocrite by his wife. But right up there next with God, that's a pretty big deal. You know it? Hypocrisy. Being one thing and acting like another. Iniquity. That's just sin. Transgression. Iniquity is just breaking God's law and having no regard for it. Extortion. Anybody need a definition of that? 
getting things from other people by any means in which you can get it. Uh, I, I think about extorting people to get ransoms for their family and things like that. Excesses. Wow. Uh, has anybody noticed where the last new storage building is going up in Howard County? I, I don't know where it is, by the way, but I'm sure there's another one going up. You know why we need all of these storage buildings? To put all that stuff that we've accumulated. Excesses. How much is enough? May I answer that? I'll tell you what Jesus said. Give us this day our daily bread. So, while they would seem to be godly, they were neither sober nor righteous. That didn't describe these people. Now listen to some scripture. Now this, I think these will speak for themselves. Psalm 5, 9, just listen to me. For there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. It got quiet in here, didn't it? You know what that is? That's the reading of God's holy word. We don't want that to describe us. Now listen to this. Self-ignorance is the most shameful and hurtful of all ignorance. <laughs> when it comes to spiritual things, we don't want to be ignorant. That's not going to be an excuse. Listen to Revelation 3.17. For you say, I am rich. I have prospered. I need nothing. Are y'all with me? But realize, not realizing that you're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. And that's who we are without Christ. And the best thing we can do is to admit that and to understand that. I think sometimes we don't realize what we're capable of. And you know what we want God to reveal to us? We want Him to reveal to us what we're capable of. And we want to beg Him, God, don't take your hand off me. Don't let me do what I'm capable of doing. But the rule is this, you remember? Keep the inside, y'all tell me, clean. The primary care of every one of us should be to wash our heart from wickedness. Did you know if we spent enough time taking care of the wickedness within ourselves, we probably wouldn't be messing in nobody else's business. <clears throat> Jeremiah 4.14. Wow. Are, are, are these scriptures, the Psalms, the Revelation, the Old Testament prophets, are they not powerful? Listen to this. Oh, Jerusalem, wash your hearts from evil that you may be saved. How long shall your, wick, how long shall your wicked thoughts? The, the main business of a Christian lies within to get cleansed from the filthiness of the heart from corrupt affections and inclinations. All right, come on now. We all know what our inclinations are. And if you don't, you, you need to become aware of them. 
And we need to stay away from what I would call our natural inclinations. Because sometimes those are traps. The unseen and unobserved must be mortified. Y'all know what I'm talking about here. What you don't see in my life, what even Jeannie does not see in my life, that's impure and that's wicked and evil, I need to be taken care of. Just because you don't see it, Jeannie doesn't see it, doesn't mean it's not there. Are y'all with me? That's what we need to be worried about. Is the unseen. Romans 8.13 says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. You want to know how you uh, mortify, kill out those sins in your life that just keep hanging on by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God and by persistence until they're gone. I have guys all the time. I'm I'm going to be careful with my words here. I, I have guys all the time that tell me about their dreams. Well, to me, a dream's kind of like a thought. And I had a weird one last night. I will tell you, it wasn't wicked. It wasn't necessarily evil. But it was a weird dream. But, but, but guys have a dream and they tell me how bad they are. You know what? When you have a bad dream, do you know what it's time to do? It's time to ask God to whatever that wicked thing you dreamed about, that he'll kill it out in your life. And I can tell you how almost all of them tell me this. Let me tell you how I got past that. I got to where at night when I went to bed, I'd pray, God, don't let me have a thought. Don't let me have that dream again tonight, the Lord. And God killed it out in their life. It happens almost weekly, I hear that. God reveals things to us that's in us so that we can give it to Him and give it to the blood of Jesus and by the Spirit of God, kill it out in our life. So we're back to the white and sepulchers. They were fair on the outside like the sepulchers. Okay, you, you got to remember now, what's he talking about here? Just because the sepulcher looked really nice on the outside, isn't that a nice, beautiful, clean, well-manicured cemetery? We've all said that, right? All the while, if we just stopped for a minute, we'd know what that cemetery is full of, right? This is how he described them. Now, we'll get into this as we wrap up this series but listen to me, what he was warning them about, the church should be warned about today when it comes to spiritual leaders in the church. They, today they can be just like the scribes and Pharisees of the, fa- of the past. They're, they're still men. They're still susceptible to sin. They're still susceptible to show and to gain. They were graves whitened that they might be avoided. (laughs) Because of the ceremonial pollution contracted by anybody that touched the graves, they needed to be avoided. It was part of the charge of the overseers to repair that whitening when it was not as bright as it should be that someone shouldn't accidentally fall into it. 
The show and formality of men does not make a man a good man. Let me say it again. The, the, the show, the outward appearance, and the formalities, the actions of a man does not necessarily make him a good man on the inside. Are y'all with me? We, we're, we've all got a brain, and we all know what we need to, need to look like and act like to be accepted, right? In, in society, in the church. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the inside's good. Luke 20, 46 says, Beware of the scribes who, look, who like to walk around in long robes and love greetings in the marketplaces and the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feast. Now the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, that's what we're talking about. Pharisees was, they were like the ornaments of a grave. They, they looked really nice. It was like the dressing up of a dead body. It was only for show. While the whole time they were foul within like sepulchers, full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. They were rotten on the inside. Thus they made them full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Because, look, those men are... are, If we're not careful, we are purposely deceiving on the inside while hiding it from the world. Are y'all with me? I, I really think it, it's... You're better off to be an open, rebellious heathen than to claim that you're something of other that and to be inside a heathen. It deceives you and it deceives other people at the same time. <clears throat> Hypocrisy is the worst iniquity of all. But when, but when our hearts are exposed, the judge will see everything, right? How about another Old Testament prophecy? Look, uh, listen to Jeremiah 8, 1 and 2. All right, we're talking about the day of judgment. Are you all ready for this? At that time, declares the Lord, the bones of the kings of Judah, the bones of its officials, the bones of the priests, the bones of the prophets, and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be brought out of their tombs for judgment. And they shall be spread before the sun and the moon and all the host of heaven, which they have loved and served, which they have gone after, and which they have sought and worshipped. And they shall be not gathered or buried. They shall be dung as on the surface of the ground. God is going to... Let me go back. One of these days, what's on the inside, God will expose. Now's the time to deal with it. For it is the day when God shall judge, not the shows, but the secrets of men. Are y'all with me? Did y'all hear that? The day is coming that not what everybody else has seen will be judged. That's a no-brainer. But what will be judged are those wicked, evil things that were kept secret are supposedly secret in the heart. That's not going to go unnoticed by God. Y'all with me? 
It will be no comfort if we go to hell applauded by all our neighbors. No comfort. So how are we going to deal with a corrupt heart? Y'all ready? I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a list maker and a step giver. I'm going to give you some steps right here, okay? These are the steps. Verse 26 says this, Clean the inside that the outside may also be clean. Here's the first step. You've got to know what your heart is capable of. Young people, especially when it comes to a young man or a young woman, don't trust your heart. I'm going to read you why in just a minute. You've got to know, first of all, that the main things of the Christian, I think you've got this, are inward holiness in the heart, self-denial, a putting away of the world, a determination to love God and love others and serve God and others at all costs. That's what it is to be a Christian. And I added at the last minute to serve the local church. So how do we go about caring for the soul. Just three or four points. To care for the soul is really about looking after at the heart. That, that's the heart, the, the center of our being, the, the center of our souls. First of all, realize what we're capable of. Take sin seriously. Uh, Billy Sunday, a great evangelist back in his day, he said this about sin. One reason sin flourishes is that it is treated as a cream puff instead of a rattlesnake. Let me explain that to you. To know what it costs God. To know that it costs God, His Son and the blood of His Son. We should not take sin lightly. You've got to realize this. No sin, no death of Christ. He wouldn't have had to die if it were not for what? Sin. We've got to take it seriously. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? How clear is that? That heart that you got from Adam, don't trust it. Mark 7, 20 through 23, and he said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. From within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evils come from within and they defile a person. Now, where do we get that kind of heart? We got it from Adam. And we're going to deal with that heart as long as we're in this fleshly body. We've got a new heart and a new nature, a new spirit. But I want to tell you, it just seems like for most of us, that whole heart and that old nature, really hard to deal with. We could add to those sins pride, selfishness, and unbelief. You know where we're talking about those are? We're all susceptible of those. 
a heart influenced by Adam and the world. But remember, if the inside is clean, the outside will take care of itself. Examine our hearts daily. Did y'all hear that? Daily. Ask for a searching by the Word and by the Lord and facilitate it with a washing of the Word. And, and listen to what I'm saying. A good way to wash your heart is to take God's Word and just immerse your whole life in God's Word. Listen to Psalm 119.9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your what? The Word of God. Psalm 119.11. I've stored up your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You want the sin in your life exposed? Read God's Word. Stay in God's Word. Listen to God's Word. Be convicted by God's Word. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Look, y'all know know what that's saying? It's saying every day that you take that psalm and you pray it back to God Almighty. You say, God, right now. Right now. Look at me. What do you see in here? What do you see on the inside that defiles me? What do you see on the inside that you're not happy with? Search me. Look at me, Lord. Then he goes a little deeper. Oh, try me. Wow. And know my thoughts. You heard me talk about thoughts to begin with. The time to deal with a thought is when you have it. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, if it's contrary to the Word of God, you need to take it captive right then and put it to death. And look, he says, see if there's any grievous, is there anything in my heart, O Lord, that grieves you? That's what we ought to be concerned about. Not what grieves Jeannie, not what grieves Bob or any of my brothers in Christ, but what grieves you, O God? Now tell me that's not a prayer he won't answer. That's how you deal with it. And then by the Spirit and by the Word, you put it to death. You kill it out. Oh, church, don't because you're a church member. Don't because you've been baptized. Don't because you've walked the aisle. Don't because you've said a prayer look good on the inside. You make sure that, I look good on the outside, make sure that what's in here is what God desires to be in here. Confession of our sins. Turning from our sins. Be about killing out of sin. It is the working of sanctifying grace. Y'all know what I'm, I'm, I'm glad that word came up. We are made righteousness, righteous by the works of Christ. We're, we, we're declared righteous by Him. But the work, the work of becoming more and more like Him and looking like Him, that's called sanctification. That happens by the grace of God and the power of God at work in you. It's a natural thing to put to death sin in your life. Spiritually, it's unnatural not to put to death sin in your life. That's sanctification. That's 
putting off of the old and putting on of the new. It's natural. It ought to happen. If we do that, it makes the inside clean, and that'll take care of the outside. Romans 8, 13, For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. Spiritually, you'll die a death, be separated from God. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll what? Live. Live now. Live a godly life, a God-honoring life, a life that brings honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you'll live that life. If not, you're going to die a death separated from God if you keep putting up with known and willful sin. If the heart is well kept, y'all with me? All is well. If the heart is kept well, all is well. For out of it comes life. If the heart and spirit are made new, there will be a newness of life. Amen? If you got a new heart and a new nature that came from God, it's a natural thing that there will be a newness of life And what that means is a hatred for sin and a love for holiness that comes only from God. Proverbs 4.23. What a scripture to end with. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. So how does it happen? Daily bowing down before Him. Bow your knee every day. Acknowledge your sinfulness, your need for a Savior. Daily acknowledging who He is. Remind yourself every day who you're talking to. The God of creation, the God that allowed corruption, the God of the worldwide flood, the God of confusion at Babylon, the God of Christ, and all of that that goes with that. Christ and then the cross, the crucifixion, the cruelty of his death, the three days in the tomb, the resurrection, the 40 days here and his ascension back to glory and he's soon coming. Just every day, remind yourself who Almighty God is. Daily searching. Every day, asking God to look in here. Daily confessing. A daily emptying of sin and self. And a daily filling with the Holy Spirit of God. Now, it amazes me that Scripture is so clear. Uh, it's, it's, it's not coming to how, how it starts. Uh, about putting on the full spirit of, of the full armor of God. Uh, let's see. Look, let's see. I'll, I'm going to have to look. It's escaped me. And I think, I think this is... a. I think it's good for you to, you to hear this because of what I'm going to tell you. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Did y'all hear that? Talking to Christians at, at Ephesus. And yet, how many of us this week, on a regular basis, every day, put on the full armor of God because the attack from the spiritual powers and higher authority is coming? And God's given us a a weapon. He's given us arm. Well, he's given us a weapon, the Word of God. But he's given us all these pieces of armor that we put on. 
But we take sin so lightly, we see no need to put on the full armor of God. He's shooting fiery darts all day long. You don't want them to get in here. Matthew Henry says, The real work of religion is cleaning the heart. Maybe right after church work week, cleaning the church, maybe we ought to have a cleaning of the heart week. Huh? So what I'm telling you is, we ought to put in time every day cleaning the heart. Know who you are when alone. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You want to really know yourself? Just think about who you are, what you do, and your thoughts when nobody else is around. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When I don't have Jeannie to blame for me being the way I am. Just get off alone and find out who you are. It won't take long. What are you looking at? What are you reading? What are you thinking about? What consumes your time? Know who you are when you're at home. I want to tell you, how we treat our wives reveals more about our heart than most of us would like to admit. Expose yourself to all the graces available. Now, I'm talking about practical stuff right now. Are you ready? Read the Word. That's be no-brainer number one, right? Read the Word. Wash your life, wash your heart, wash your mind with the Word of God. Hear the Word preached. I mean, we ought not get enough preaching. Be in Bible study. It's just another opportunity to be exposed to the Word of God in some kind of detail. Be regular in prayer. Y'all know what that means? You get in your room, you get in your closet, you get along with God and get honest with Him. He understands plain English. Matter of fact, He understands South Arkansas English. Oh, this one, listen. Man, if you're going to beg for some something, beg that God would make you quick to repent. Because I want to tell you, we're all quick enough to sin, but the question is, are we quick enough to repent when we're made aware of that sin? Be regular and involved in your church. Hey, you can't be in the Word too much. You can't be in prayer enough. You can't be in Bible study too much. Listen, you can't be in church too much. I mean, we don't meet you to death. I mean, we don't have a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, morning and afternoon, women's, men, whatever Bible study. We just meet twice a week. Be regular, and listen, the second word, be involved. Listen, if... She's had more impact on my life than any other human being in the the world because we've been together for 52 years. 
I can look at Bob and Lewis now and Pablo and Charles and Dwayne and Tom and just come on across all you men that I've been involved in. When you are involved with godly men or women, it is going to expose in you, good or bad, what's in your heart. Are you with me? This is the summary. Ask somebody, men, your wife and somebody else, ask someone to pray for you and observe you. Listen to me, men. I'll give every one of you permission to observe me and to pray for me. And if you see anything in me that looks hypocritical, you ask me about it. Do you hear me? Let other people, let other godly people be involved in your life. Lord, I thank you for the day. I thank you, dear Lord, that we have found out today it's more important to be clean on the inside than the outside. I thank you that we've learned today that we can look good on the inside and full of us on the inside can be all kinds of uncleanliness and rottenness. Oh, Lord, don't let us look good on the inside and be, or outside and be dirty on the inside. Don't let us look like we've got things going on while all the time having a, a corrupt and wicked heart. <clears throat> I pray that you do with me to stay with this message, what you see fit to do. I pray that you do with these people what you see fit to do. I know we've had a lot of scripture today. It's been a tough uh, message for Pablo to translate. I pray that he's got every word right. I thank you for his willingness to do this. And I thank you, dear Lord, that even on sermon audio and other places, you're going to take this message in English and Spanish and do with it what you see fit to do. Lord, make us on the inside to be the people you'd have us to be. And dear Lord, I know that the outward actions will come when you do that. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and it's in Jesus' name that we do. Amen.